You know, if you're a woman of a certain age, you will undoubtedly feel some of the changes your body's going through. So how much do we really know about menopause and perimenopause? And is there anything we can do to find some ways to help manage all the things that come with this time of life? Let's find out with Dr. Christina Thomas, an obstetrician-gynecologist with Concord OBGYN, affiliated with Emerson Health. This is HealthWorks Here, the podcast from Emerson Hospital, and I'm Deborah Howell. Welcome, Dr. Thomas. Hi. Thank you, Deborah, for having me today. Such a treat to have you on with us for a few minutes. Let's dive in with a question, at what age does menopause start? That's a great question. So the average age of menopause is about 51 years old. And now women can start having symptoms as early as late or 30s or early 40s. And sometimes menopause doesn't really start till later 50s. But 51 is the average age. And menopause is defined as no menstrual period for one year. But again, like I said, some of these awful symptoms, most women will characterize them as awful, can start a lot, <laughs> little bit before, can continue after. But about later 40s, early 50s is when women will really truly start to feel the symptoms of menopause. Let's talk about this awfulness. What are some of the symptoms? So, you know, the most common one is those hot flushes or hot flashes. About 87% of women will complain of them. And it's really just a sensation of extreme heat, mostly in your face, your upper body. Basically, you see the women ripping off their sweater, using a fan, <laughs> you know, the workers will have to leave oh, and yeah. get some air. They actually can also present some anxiety. And a lot of times these will also happen at night. And so my my patients will complain of windows open, I rip the covers off, I need to put them back on because then I'm chilly, I have to change my pajamas, change my sheets. And so these hot flushes, night sweats can be very impactful in a woman's daily life. The other big one that a lot of women don't want to talk about is vaginal dryness. And sure. that's a very common complaint. But one complaint that maybe they're embarrassed or they don't want to say, oh, gosh, my vagina's not feeling very nice. Like, what's going on? And it's really the lack of the estrogen and progesterone that significantly decreases during this time that causes these changes in the vagina. And so the dryness or could be itching and really painful intercourse. But women are embarrassed to say anything about that. And again, more symptoms I hear about hair loss, especially on the head or hair growth on the face, skin changes, sometimes acne will come back, a decrease in libido is a big one, and just not interested in being intimate with their partner, mental health changes, anxiety, anger, a mental fog, like they're just like, I just can't concentrate during the day, memory impairment. There's a big spectrum of symptoms yeah. that women can sometimes suffer from. And then I have other patients who are like, yeah, didn't even feel anything. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, like it's very rare, but they're like, yeah, I was fine. I had a period one day and then I didn't. And it can last anywhere from a couple years after that last period to their whole life. I mean, I have women in their 70s just still complaining that they're having hot <gasps> flushes. Yeah. Really? So it can be pretty significant. And can it come and go? It can, especially when we're in this perimenopause and that's really like, okay, my period comes one month and I don't have a period for three months. 
And then all of a sudden I get hot flushes. I feel kind of crampy. Am I going to get a period? And they have a period. So it's this ebbs and flows of the hormones that causes the coming and going of the symptoms. And again, when you start spacing out your periods, that menopause probably is coming in the next one to two years. We don't have a crystal ball. Just like having a baby, you have the due date, but you never know, right? So <laughs> exactly. you would think it's coming, but we don't know when. And so it's really just trying to manage how we're feeling during this time. And let's have a definition, if you would, of perimenopause. Basically, it's that time before menopause truly starts. So it's that time when you're still menstruating, although it could be irregular, and you could be starting to have a hot flush or difficulty sleeping or really significant anxiety or emotional changes is one of the bigger complaints that I have. And again, it's those physical symptoms too, like the metabolism slowing down. I have a lot of women say, I can't lose the weight like I used. I used to be able to cut out sugar for two months and I dropped that five pounds and now I can't. And it's really just all these changes. Again, it's all through the decrease in the estrogen progesterone that happens as your ovaries start to kind of wind down and your reproductive lifespan is decreasing. So all good, right? (laughs) Yeah. What's not to love? But are there any benefits of menopause? You have to look at it as like this next change in your life, right? Like you have this huge span of reproductive years where you potentially can have children, you have a family, and then that starts to wind down and you enter this different stage. So some of my patients who have quite awful periods, heavy, painful, very hard to deal with each month, actually welcome this change of not having a period. And a lot of times if they have, say, fibroids, which are kind of benign growth in the uterus, they could become quite large in a woman. These tend to shrink and not cause symptoms. So maybe they don't need surgery because menopause is coming and close to where she is. And also you don't have to take birth control anymore. There's no risk of pregnancy. So (laughs) that's a huge piece too. And that's like not a worry. So those are the main benefits, I would say. Okay. Do I need to think about any other screening tests in menopause? So I think in just terms of any woman's life, you always want to do your annual visit with either your primary or OBGYN. Pap smears are every three to five years, you know, depending on your history of pap smears. Mammograms are yearly, typically in your 50s. You also want to think about osteoporosis in your bone health because as you enter menopause, your bones, the density decrease. And so we want to stay on top of that, making sure you're taking the calcium and vitamin D. And you can also do a bone scan, which typically we do a baseline at age 60. Also talking to your primary about a colonoscopy, any cardiovascular health, any follow-up tests that you need for that. And also just a reminder for women, if you have any bleeding after that year of not having a period, you definitely need to report that to your primary or your OBGYN because that can be significant and mean something quite serious. Okay. And you spoke of calcium. How much should a woman in menopause be taking daily? Typically, a thousand milligrams of calcium and then the vitamin D supplement. A lot of times they come together in a supplement. And the vitamin D just helps the calcium become absorbed? Yeah, exactly. And then especially if you live in the Northeast or the North where there's not a lot of sunlight, especially in the wintertime, you might need to increase your vitamin D. But you could talk with your primary care about that too. Now, if a woman has severe symptoms during menopause, what treatments are available? 
there's a lot of different types of treatments. The gold standard for severe hot flashes is the hormone replacement therapy. And there's been a lot of back and forth. There was a big women's health initiative study that came out in the 2000s that really frowned upon hormone therapy with the big study that they did. But after they kind of teased everything out and did some more retrospective analysis, we do know now that hormone therapy can be very beneficial, especially in a woman who's transitioning, so going right into menopause. And so that hormone therapy, meaning giving estrogen and progesterone in certain formulations to decrease those hot flashes. And the recommendation is typically the lowest dose that helps the woman with the shortest amount of time. And so typically we like to say five years or less, but I have many patients who don't want to come off their hormones because they feel great. And so it does help with the hot flushes, that mental fog, they feel better, it helps with libido, helps with that vaginal dryness, but does come with some risks. And just touching upon those can be increase of breast cancer, a blood clot, potential stroke, any cardiovascular disease. It's really patient-specific, so I would encourage any woman to speak with their OBGYN about if they are a candidate for hormone therapy. And there are some women who you can't take estrogen and progesterone, and so then we look at other alternative forms of help, and that could be gabapentin, which is actually a neurology medicine, helps with a bunch of different things, but can help with the hot flashes. There's a medicine called clonidine, and also the SSRIs like a Prozac or Zoloft can actually help with those motor symptoms or the hot flashes. So there is treatment. Yeah. And then that also helped with a little bit of mood or anxiety. So that could have two benefits in one medicine. And if a woman doesn't want to take anything systemic, but really a significant vaginal dryness, we have localized vaginal estrogen that can, especially with painful intercourse, with preventing urinary tract infections. And that's really a local treatment that most women can take and not have any of the risks associated with that. And very helpful. Well, that's some good news. Yeah, yeah. So there is treatment and we were scared off 10, 20 years ago and now we've kind of been working our way back and saying, okay, well, we can treat these women. We can help them and help them feel better and ease the transition a little bit. Great. I have just a couple more questions for you if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. What are bioidentical hormones? So bioidentical hormones, everyone references Suzanne Summers back how many years ago. Basically, they're plant-derived hormones, which are chemically similar to your body's estrogen and progesterone. There are some FDA commercial products out there that we use, but when patients ask about bioidenticals, they're referencing like the compounded preparations, and these aren't regulated by the FDA. So they haven't gone under rigorous testing or safety or efficacy. And a lot of times these compound pharmacies throw a little bit of this, throw a little bit of that. So are you underdosing? Are you overdosing? They come in creams and pellets. So it's one thing to go on. I have some patients on it and they understand the risk and they are the same risks. They're the same risks with just generalized hormone therapy that we just spoke about. I want to just make it clear that they do carry the same risks. Some of my patients say, oh no, my doctor said that this is risk-free and it's really not. But they're also very helpful and they do the same thing. They try to help with all those menopause symptoms and the hot flushes and the libido. So just make sure that you do some research on it and know and understand the risks and benefits. 
Got it. Are there any natural treatments that can help women ease their transition? I love this question because I'm such a fan of anything natural or organic. And I love when my patients ask me this too, because I'm like, let's just get out and walk. Exercise, you know, just helps everyone feel a little bit better with the endorphins. Exercise can help with weight loss. There's acupuncture you can try, hypnosis, meditation, and any stress reduction. Because sometimes when a woman is stressed, a lot of things happen in their body and they can actually have more hot flushes and just not sleep very well. There also can be some food triggers like caffeine and alcohol that if you decrease those, that could help. And then there's those natural supplements that you could try, black cohosh, evening primrose, there's any soy products, different vitamins that you can try that. Sometimes my patients will tell me, yeah, that really helped. And I'm like, great. And sometimes they're like, no, they didn't really do anything. So I think really just leading a healthy lifestyle too and doing your best to just exercise, stress reduction, all the stuff we know we're supposed to do, right? <laughs> that sometimes yeah, can be a- That's why all of us are like suddenly playing pickleball and crafting and Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with her? Well, she's got menopause. Okay. Oh, yeah, I understand right? yeah. completely. Yeah. She's gone all the way down the rabbit hole with pickleball. Okay. So this has been fascinating and just lovely having you. Where can I go for more information and our listeners as well? Yeah. So there's a great website dot org. This is put out by the North American Menopause Society. There's actually a guidebook for patients, video series, and just information on menopause that is medically sound advice and has good information. And then speak with your OBGYN or your primary care. If you'd like to see me or have a consult with me, happy to see you. My office number is 978-369-7627. It's Concord OBGYN. And we can kind of talk about what's been going on. That is so lovely. I'm going to give the number again in case people missed it. It is 978-369-7627 to make an appointment with Dr. Thomas. Thank you so much for your time. I'm going to get you back to your very busy day, Dr. Thomas. All right. Deborah, thank you for having me. This was great. So much fun. That is Dr. Christina Thomas, an obstetrician gynecologist with Concord OBGYN, affiliated with Emerson Health, and someone who can make menopause fun. Not many people can do that. Thanks for listening to Emerson's Health Works Here podcast from Emerson Hospital. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast source, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Spotify. And if you like what you've heard, please share it on your social channels. And also make sure to check out the full podcast library for topics that might be of interest to you. I'm Deborah Howe. Have yourself a terrific day.